one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Autofocus, the podcast where me and my co-host Nick talk about whatever comes to our mind. And on today's topic, we will be talking briefly in the beginning about aliens, as our last podcast had said. Um, but then later on, we're going to be talking about movies. So stay tuned for that. Yes, movies and famous directors. All right, so news about UFOs. This has literally come out today um, as a recording, December 30th, 2020. Um, so there's a bill going through. Um, there's a bill going through. Con- um, sorry, there's a bill going through Congress and the president has just signed it. And what Congress snuck into the bill was is so this is for stimulus checks currently that's mm-hmm. the main topic about the bill but what mm-hmm. congress snuck into the bill was federal agencies have been asked for pub- to ask to publish a report on unidentified flying objects in less than 180 days thanks to an act in included in the 2.3 trillion stimulus and government spending bill signed by president donald trump on sunday so in 180 days, um, act, the Intelligence Authorization Act for 2021 states that the Director of National Intelligence, the Secretary of Defense, and heads of all other relevant agencies submit a report to the Con- Congressional Intelligence and Armed Services Committee on unidentified aerial phenomena, including observed airborne objects that have not been that have not been identified. They're asked to do this 180 days after the act is enacted. So in 180 days, look out for this huge news because they, by law, because of this bill, they have to go through with it. Mm-hmm. Do you know if, um, do you know if these records will be made public or not? Yeah, that's, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to be making them public. So right now they're all private records within different departments, but this mm-hmm. act is saying that they have to release it to the public within 180 okay. days when the bill is enacted. So things are getting so pretty much pretty real. We're gonna be able to see like about all almost all the reports and all that and stuff. all the secret reports and everything that they've been doing. So does that include? Do you know if that includes photos or videos, or just like the written out reports? I'm not sure. It it may. Um, hmm. I haven't read the bill personally, so I don't know what it specified. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's exciting news. Yeah. So, wait, 180 days, you said? Mm-hmm. So, they're giving them a that... deadline. Within 180 that... days, they need to give their just submit a report. Was that bill passed? Yep. The bill is passed, and it's already been signed by... Uh, President Donald Trump on Sunday. All right. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure the bill just has to get through um, Supreme Court still, I'm pretty sure. So 180 days on this podcast, you will be hearing from us about what is on that bill. Well, no, not on the bill, what they release to the public. Yeah, I'll be looking out for that. That's pretty cool. So with that out of the way, does that mean we're going to be moving to our, our next topic? Yeah, I just wanted to give the viewers some insight on this amazing current event.
And you can you can find this article on Apple News. Just look up Pentagon. It's the first article on December 30th by Newsweek. All right. Our next topic leads us to our our movies and directors that we see are some of the best um, today. So when, what is your favorite movie then? My favorite movie? I don't really have a favorite. I just have like, yeah, a whole it's, group of favorite movies. It's hard. Movies. Most, of them, most of them take place in the 80s. All right, so an 80s fan. Yeah, a lot of a lot of my favorites have to do. I mean, recently I've been I've been going on a launching spree um, of old classic movies, not classic, but old movies by these great directors that really pioneered um, pioneered the the film industry. Like uh, yesterday, I just watched the Coen Brothers' first movie, um, Simple Blood, and they are two. They are the two biggest, some of the biggest directors in Hollywood, and this this movie really showed mm-hmm. sh- can show you um, how how much you can do with just a few thousand dollars to pay staff because it was a really low budget movie, but it it showed how well you can you can put something together in um, with not that much money. You know, it gives you kind of inspiration and hope mm-hmm. for the smaller filmmakers out there. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say? What would you say is in your your top three movies then? Top three movies. <sighs> hmm. Let me think. I'm not really sure. I they'd definitely be '80s movies. That's that's a broad. Actually, <laughs> that's that's a broad stream of movies. Yes. <laughs> I know. Um, most of, like st- I think most of my movies are f- uh, like from Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he he's a definitely very influential, uh-huh. and very good director. Breakfast Club is a really yeah. good movie. I I recently just watched yeah. um, Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee, and it's a really powerful mm-hmm. movie. If you haven't seen it, I'm not gonna tell you anything about it because it's it's better just to go in blind. Um, excuse me. Um, it's, uh, it's rated R, but it's, it's a very, very good movie and you don't understand the plot until the end, which I like how movies can really story tell without telling you anything. It, it, I think, I think that really shows what, um, what a good director is because they, they can really, they're, they're storytelling, the camera movements, you know they're they're telling you everything without saying a word. That's I think that really shows, um, brings to light the great directors. Mm-hmm. Movies could really have a effect where they really bring light to topic or something that they have on their mind or mm-hmm. like something like a great idea. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a great way to express it. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen too many of uh, Spielberg movies, but I've definitely seen almost, I think I've seen almost every single Christopher Nolan movie except for, I'm thinking, um, all of his, all of the Hobbit movies or all of the, I know the movie's names, but I can't, I can't remember at this moment, 
Oh, the Hobbit yeah. movies. Are I, good. I can't remember the the exact name of them at the at the moment. I knew them before we started recording, but I can't remember right now. Um, but I've seen almost mm-hmm. every single Christopher Nolan movie, and every single movie, it, him him and his brother writes them. So it's kind of like the the Coen brothers, um, but they they co-write everything, and Christopher Nolan directs and produces because they made they have their mm-hmm. own production company, uh, Syncope, mm-hmm. and. Dude, the every single movie just takes you, takes you for a turn, like a, a long drive down down an epic plot, like um, like one of his, I think it was one of the lower budget movies they did. Um, it's called The Prestige. It came out in two thousand and six, and again, I'm not, I'm not gonna say much about the movie because it really ruins it. You know, you have to go in blind to most of these great filmmakers. Um. But the, mm-hmm. the plot is just, it's so unexpected, like, what happens at the end. It's, it's like, um, like, all the, he's so good at bringing you to, like, the, the plots, like, the greatest climax ever and something that you would never suspect to be happening, you know? Like, the, the movie is happening around you, but you, you really don't, you really don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Another great director is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. He's got some great movies. Me, yeah. me and my brother were talking about him and we said um we said that Quentin Tarantino is like like um like an entry drug to the greater filmmakers of our time. Like um like mm-hmm. he he's a good he's a good filmmaker to get into and then after him you'll expand to all these other great filmmakers but his movies are dark mm-hmm. and funny at the same time, which I like. <laughs> yeah, usually really like at points that are mm-hmm. intense too. Like for example, Inglorious Bastards. That's a great movie. I recently watched that for the first time. Yeah, that's it's and and plus, like um, once once you you can get through Tarantino's movie, you really build up a stamina for the more intricate plots, because. You know, a lot of Tarantino's mm-hmm. movies, it's a, it's a lot of dialogue, a lot of paying attention. You know, you have to be invested into the movie. But as you get more invested, things get to heat up and they heat up and they heat up. And then and then you get to the end and it's like, wow. It's, it's such a great like build up until the release and everything just comes falling together. It's awesome. A lot of the time, I like movies with, multiple storylines that you need to follow mm-hmm. and then at the end they'll all converge yeah those are always really interesting because it makes you it makes you think yeah it, it connects these people's it makes you remember lives yeah. together have mm-hmm. you seen um have you seen parasite parasite yeah. um let me look up because the name sounds familiar not actually. Yeah, Parasite. No, I've been meaning to. Yeah, watch you it. need to watch it. It is. It is. It is so good. Like it's. It's in all Korean, mm-hmm. and it has English subtitles. But like, it is like so well done. Like ev- everything about it, the plot, the cinematography, um, the actors, like every, it's so well made. And you you can really tell while watching wow. it. That movie. That movie is a lot of awards. Yeah, Holy it, it won so many. Looking at it right and now, it's the first foreign. 
2020. Yeah, it's the first foreign film to win Academy Awards. I think that many Academy mm-hmm. Awards too. Academy Academy Awards for Best Picture, Academy Awards for Best Directing, uh, Award for Writing, for Best International Feature Film. It's probably more, but holy cow. Yeah, there's a... When did this movie come out? In 2019, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. So it's a, still a fairly mm-hmm. new movie, but holy cow. It's, it's really well done. And what, what my brother told me about it after we watched the movie... He said a lot of the scenes, he said, I think it was either 60 or 75% of the scenes were CGI, which blew my mind because like everything looked like it was taking place in like Seoul or something or someplace in Korea, but is 70% of the Mm -hmm. environment was CG like that. That's insane for such a low budget movie. I'm pretty sure their budget, um, I'm pretty sure it was 12 million. Um, I'm going to look that up real quick. Mm-hmm. And it's also great for the actors, too. Like, that just shows how great the actors are. Because not only do they have to act, but they also have to in- interact with the environment as if stuff mm-hmm. was there. As if, like, this scene was what people are seeing at the final product. Yeah. it's Well, the budget is in, like, the the Korean currency. So it says 13.5 billion KRW. Um, KRW? Hold on, let me... I'm pretty... In dollars. Yeah, 11 million dollars. And it, right, it yeah, grossed so over that's 258 tw- yeah. million. Like, 12 million dollars, 11 million sounds like a lot, but for a movie, mm-hmm. it really it's very it's much. very low budget. And then another movie that was low budget that not, not many people actually know about was Home Alone. That was actually a pretty low budget. I think it had like 10 million dollar. I can see that like for that. Home Alone. And that, yeah, and then the unexpectedly that the Christmas movie uh, rose to be, I think. One of the highest grossing films of all time. It's like definitely yeah. up there. At one point, it was the number one. But now I think it's in like the top three or something like that. Yeah, see, like um, like, uh, like Marvel spends, like, they can spend like around 300 to 400 million dollars. But they're not making, you know, they're, they're profiting probably only 100 to 200 million. But some of these movies are making... Mm-hmm. Well over two hundred and three hundred million dollars in just profit from that. So mm-hmm. there, there's there's so much money involved with like if you can do a film well and you don't need that much money, I think that really proves that um, you're a great director. Mm-hmm. I think huh, I just looked it up right now. The highest grossing film of all time is Avatar. Yeah. You know the movie with yeah, the I blue know Avatar. I've seen people? It. It's a pretty good movie. You've watched yeah, that, I've, right? Yeah, I've seen it. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. How much money did it make? I know. I wouldn't expect Avatar to be at the top. How much money did it make? I know, right? Um, box office, budget. No, yeah. it's the box office, right? Leave two point seventy nine billion dollars at box office. What yeah. the heck? And that's that's a 
That's in U.S. dollars. That is Holy cow. disgusting. That is so much money. Well, the, the director... What was... Well, the director is James Cameron. He he has a bunch what of great films. For James Cameron. The oh, the budget. The budget was two hundred thirty-seven million dollars. They used like you know most of the movie yeah. was CGI. It makes so that sense. Kinda, that's probably took a and big it's a part long movie. I'm pretty sure. Isn't yeah, that close to three hours. Uh, yeah, almost almost three hours. Two hours. Yeah, it's a, it's a long movie with mostly CGI environment. Mhm. Yeah, so that's a lot of companies that you have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what movie. Oh, Quint. Uh, no, not Quentin Tarantino. James Cameron also. Um, he also. Uh, directed the movie mm-hmm. Titanic too. Yeah, which is a- another movie that's really high up there on the list of highest grossing. I believe it's the second. Yeah, I'm pretty with one point two billion. Titanic made breakthroughs with um with developing CGI techniques. Like I, it it's it's one yeah, of the first I, movies I in the nineties. I don't know if it's the first, but it's it's one of the first to really um incorporate um CGI and like these new techniques of. You know, because the ship wasn't full size, obviously, but they they mm-hmm. built. I actually watched. They okay, they built a tank and um. They, they they um they took models of people and then because computers weren't you know the best, they took models of people and then they were really only mm-hmm. able to like copy and paste their movements, so like the people falling off the ship in that one scene mm-hmm. that's. I think three or four people actually they filmed it people falling off and then they they took that um footage and they copy and pasted it all over and then just changed small parts about them mm-hmm. so it was it was really simple CGI but very hard back then to do mm-hmm. when they did the ship sinking scene i believe that some of it was actually like real life they just built like a big miniature yeah, scale yeah. model of it. It was it was like still miniature scale model, but it was like a really big one. Um, and they filmed that, and I think that's awesome. And especially for the CGI scenes, it was really good because it was 1997 that mm-hmm. the film was released. Mm-hmm. But like James Cameron movies are like, from what I'm looking at, it's usually long because Titanic's three hours and thirty minutes. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a lot of writing that's that a pre- goes into that. That's a pretty. I know that's a pretty good achievement, though, having two of your movies as the two highest-grossing mm-hmm. films of all time. Yeah, have you impressive. seen? Um, have you seen the movie Interstellar? Yeah, Interstellar by Christopher Nolan. Um, the space. Yeah, movie, it's right? about space. Let me see. Let me look it up. It's a very, very good film. It's it's on hmm. my it's on my top. It's my top. I don't think I top have. Three. It's number three for me. I don't it's, think I have watched it's it. It's amazing. We have, we should watch it together. I I want to watch it with you one time. I want to get it on DVD because it it is mm-hmm. it is really like one of my favorite movies because like there there's so much emotion packed into each scene. Like every every scene is like so heavy. Like one, once, like the end mm-hmm. of the scene, the end of the movie, 
this isn't exactly a spoiler. Um, the end of the movie, he's talk. All right, so I won't explain anything. So basically, dad is talking to his daughter, and his daughter dies. But that scene is so it doesn't show her dying, but it's so heavy. Um, mm-hmm. it's just how how Christopher Nolan did it, and because Christopher Nolan he doesn't like CGI, so. All, all of the, and he doesn't like his characters like looking into a green screen, and then doing CGI. So they were actually like, they they would project um images onto onto the green screen, and they would um, they would actually be looking out into like kind of like a starry environment, to react genuinely to their mm-hmm. environment. So I think I think that was one mm-hmm. one of the really cool aspects when filming that is that Christopher Nolan really doesn't. You know, he wants those genuine reactions. He doesn't want everything to be like computer generated. Um, I think that that's what he wanted to get mm-hmm. at with Tenet. Like in in Tenet, um, I haven't seen it yet because of movie theaters being closed, and it's like twenty bucks to rent or to buy. And um, mm-hmm. and he he didn't want to do CGI um, for this plane scene. So Warner Brother Warner, Warner Brothers was like. Um, Excuse me. So they bought a, a Boeing seven thirty seven, and they had one opportunity to film it, and they mm-hmm. crashed the Boeing seven thirty seven into a hangar and blew it up. <laughs> like that's oh that's only God. something a, a giant and well respected um, filmmaker can do. Mm-hmm. That's crazy though. Have you have you seen the clip of um? Of Tom Cruise hanging yeah. on the side of a yeah. plane. It's crazy how like, it's crazy how many. I'm pretty sure that was. I'm not for sure, but I'm I'm fairly confident that that was one of the first Mission Impossible's where um he owned the production company producing it. Mm-hmm. Um. So he. When you when you own the production company and you're acting, you yeah, have because a lot he's, of he's literally the boss to do pretty much whatever you want. He's banging, yeah. Man. Another um another green screen thing like uh for the filming of the Mandalorian, yeah. you know the highly popular Star Wars series, they don't uh, they they don't use green screens. They project like they use I. I'm I'm pretty, sure yes, I've seen a I've uh, seen projection. a video of it. It's a it's a 360 room. Yeah, it's some it's something some filmer some filmmakers yeah. do, and especially someone like uh, um, John Favreau, um, who's a very well respected filmmaker. He made all the Iron Mans. He's worked with Marvel and Disney so much. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very good filmmaker. But um, yeah, you you would expect that from some someone acting in like a star wars movie because in the star wars movies if you're looking at the green screen you're not really emotionally attached to it you know so just just Mm -hmm. giving the actors that that little edge that that attachment to something that they're looking at can really can really change the mood and um the acting and the plot to everything you know just adding that that tiny element Mm -hmm. to it and it looks yeah, really I, good I haven't, too. I haven't like even even before post production stuff like mm-hmm. that, even before editing, it looks yeah, really good. I haven't good. been able to watch um a third season 
to my free Disney Plus right now. Trying to get my parents. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my parents to get it I, I, again because I I really want to. Because like <laughs> I I love Star Wars, but it it could never be up with these other great um other great films like Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards, Interstellar, Inception. Because although although it affected mm-hmm. me personally, because like it kind of developed my childhood, but it it doesn't it doesn't equate to the great movies of our time to the great films of our time it just it's not there it's not it's not um it's just mm-hmm. not there for me mm-hmm. personally i don't really like star wars yeah but that's just me the i first, know it's a first, great series the first uh well not the first yeah. three like I, it, the the original three are the best um, their Disney's add-ons really weren't that mm-hmm. good, but I, I, I actually, I heard that the Disney Disney chose, and they're finally going to produce um an Obi Wan Kenobi movie, which I'm really, uh, it's yeah, it's gonna take place um, oh, really? right after, uh, the the Jedi purge, um, and he's on Tatooine, and it, mm-hmm. I'm really, because I I have high hopes for that movie because all of the all of the side story movies that that Disney has done have been so much better than all the than the three sequels they've done, like the Solo, a Star Wars movie, Rogue One, um, and hopefully this Obi Wan movie. Like they they blew me out of the park mm-hmm. compared to like like I I could watch them a thousand times and not get tired, but with with the sequels, I don't know. It's they're the sequels are tiring. They're just not there for me. Hmm. Yeah, it gets a bit repetitive after a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you but know, it's each kind of movie is obviously very different. That's going to happen. Almost. Yeah. But the side. I'm really looking yeah. forward to the side story series that mm-hmm. Disney is going to do with all the side with all the characters, like really diving deeper into into their lives. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah, because we we learn more about them. I think mainly because of the community. Um, created backstories. Um, there's a there's a famous website. It's called Wikipedia, mm-hmm. Wikipedia, or Wikipedia. Um, and they they write a lot of the stories mm. um, about all the characters and about uh, the Star Wars universe, which is cool. Really, uh, yeah, that's interesting. All right. Yeah. All right. You want to end the episode Edit. here? I'll do the outro. All right. This is right. Three, two, one. Yeah. All right. All right. Three, That's it for the episode. Two, Thank you all one. for watch for uh, not watching. Damn it. All right. Start again. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> Thank you everyone Three, for listening to the podcast. Two. Make sure to follow. Um, we're gonna try to do a podcast at least every day or every other day or every two days or whenever we want because you don't control our lives. Thank you for listening. Um, this is the end of the episode.